Pastor Amos encourages us to build inner capacity, stretch and strengthen our inner man in order to carry greater glory, to endure challenges and to break off barrenness and to break through into new realms in the spirit. Stay tuned. This morning I'm going to speak from uh, enduring in uncertainties and uh, enduring in certainties in uncertainties to contain uh, greater glory or his greater glory we are living in times where we face a lot of challenges especially for the church as a whole we we face challenges in Matthew chapter 24 verse 13 the verse says he that endure till the end will be saved and this verse comes forth this word comes forth at a time when Jesus was prophesying concerning what is going to happen in the future and all of those prophecies if you read Matthew 24 from verse 1 onwards or verse 5 onwards a lot of those things have already happened there will be wars there will be various type of sicknesses tsunami the word tsunami is not included but great waves and uh, persecutions they will hate christians they will kill the christians and it's all happening isis is doing the job others are also doing and uh, this great attack on the church but there's a warfare that's going on in the spirit realm that we need to understand and so it is so important for the church now to actually uh, uh, stand in the right place although we read in the bible it says that sit together with god in the right hand of god above all principalities powers rulers of darkness it's wonderful to uh, remember or you know memorize those words but in the spirit realm we must take hold of that and rise up in the spirit and be positioned there and that requires a greater capacity stronger capacity on the inner person we face many challenges in our lives as we are ending this year we look back and even the resolutions that we make when we entered the year we are thinking of some of the things that didn't happen some of the things that didn't happen year after year and sometimes it creates a question mark a doubt inside our subconscious mind that god is good yes we believe it is great but i don't know why this is happening to me maybe uh, everybody has a thorn so this is one thorn i have to carry to some people their bosses are their thorns to some people the spouse is their thorn to some people the pastor is their thorn <laughs> you know but paul actually prayed that the thorn be removed and i believe that god answered his prayer because the word very clearly says my grace is sufficient in your weakness my strength in is made perfect so if this is causing me weak if this is causing me uh, a, a struggle in my life i can pray through and uh, he prayed three times when he pray one time if it's not happening i think you will increase your prayer uh, increase your faith and it still doesn't happen you probably increase in fasting and prayer and by the time your inside capacity has grown so strong provided you don't misunderstand god and you will see the breakthrough amen one of the toughest lesson a christian can learn is how to trust and praise god 
in uncertain times between a promise and its fulfillment. Because in the prophecy that Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 24 verse 13, that he that endures till the end shall be saved. I will paraphrase it like this. He that takes hold of God's promises, he is that in, he, he, consistently intercedes and walk in the will of God, in the purposes of God, he that is not shaken by his circumstances, he is not even threatened by the world or whatever opposition that comes, but he that who is rising above all of this, gaining strength in God, and uh, is committed to God's call and purpose in his life, he will be saved. I will uh, paraphrase the same as he will endure. He will have greater strength. He will have greater capacity to overcome those circumstances. And uh, the power of God, the supernatural power of God will take over. And if an ISIS man comes with a kitchen knife to cut your throat, you will say, be down and he'll be down. So soft, amen. You know why? Too many negatives in the mind. He died, he died, she died, and they died. I'm nothing. You just made big confession. Amen? We got God Almighty with us. We don't want to look at, uh, we can learn from negatives, but we want to position ourselves in God's will, in God's word. If your time is not up, then you stay alive and continue what God called you to do. Amen? This is a big, not only a lesson, that learning to declare God's goodness and grace in time of struggle, it actually is a warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. You can walk in defeat. You can walk in pain. You can walk in bitterness. You can deny God's ability and nature of God in the circumstances. But you can even choose to trust God. You know, when you look at Joseph, seven, 13 years in prison, you could have become bitter, bitter with God, bitter even telling God, I don't want this prophecy you gave me when I was 17 years old. Myself, you keep it and you give it to somebody else because I'm supposed to be sitting on the throne. I'm sitting right at the bottom, a prisoner, slave, prisoner. I'm away from all the blessing. I don't know how blessing can come in this situation. I can't SMS, there's no SMS, there's no texting, there's no, no way of connecting with my father and telling him the truth, what my brothers have done to me. Uh, nothing is happening, no, no answer. He, he could have been bitter, but he chose to praise God. He chose to declare the glory of God, the goodness of God. He chose to confess and speak the promises of God, even though it took 13 years. At one time he could have come up because he told his friends after he prophesied over them, that when you go up there, please tell the king about my situation. They also forgot, but God didn't forget. Hallelujah. And when he came out, out of that 13 years, what Pharaoh said is, there's no one in the whole of Egypt as wise as you are. So parents, you know where to send them to university? No, it's a school of hard knocks. Learning to be, uh, putting God's word into practice in our life. Usually, we define victory. We define victory when circumstances change, when problems change. Of course, God is a God of miracle. Wherever a miracle happens, His glory manifests. 
and his glory is weighty. It's his presence that comes, his power. But more than that, is when we face the circumstances, how you deal with those circumstances, your inner being, how you declare God despite of the circumstances. You keep speaking God's word uh, from the time of his promise given to the fulfillment. And during this period of time, that is the victory that is greater, even the blessing that comes from there. God, God counts victory as when you experience loss, but continue to pray and have faith in his character and goodness. In fact, the, the, the fact that you came back to declare his glory and goodness becomes a powerful act of spiritual warfare. <coughs> when you are in the midst of uncertainties. Hallelujah. He honors you when you continue to seek him. Even when things don't work out the way that you expected. Some people, they heard God accurately. They went into a ministry or went into a business and they went on and along the way there were shipwrecked, there were problems that, and they begin to question whether I heard accurately or not. But actually in the first step, first part, they would not have gone if they have not heard accurately for some people. And it's not for them to doubt at that time, but keep trusting God. Sometime more than the blessing, we're thinking, oh, this branch church that I'm starting, my goal is to have 50 people in two years. But you went to 49 and you came down to 15. And you think it's a big loss. And you think it's more you went to the wrong direction. But God is building a greater capacity through the challenges that you've been through. And once you've done with in that area of your life, once he has molded that, then when the greater glory comes, you will not fall under the glory. Sometimes you don't have the capacity to, to carry that glory. And God has to prepare that in us. Amen. That's why you see in Matthew chapter 24, in the midst of all of that suffering, he said, he that endures till the end will be saved. And the following verse is, and this gospel shall be preached to the whole world. And then the end will come. As a witness, so, God is raising a community of people who will not be affected by the challenges of the circumstances that they face. But they will be molded and shaped so powerfully that despite of the killing, despite of the opposition, they even get more stronger and more powerful that they actually enter into a different realm in the spirit where they actually walk in the fullness of his glory and power. This is a season. Are you ready for that? He's going to stretch you. And that's why he gave us this verse, Matthew, Isaiah 54. And I believe this also would be a prophetic word for you. Isaiah 54, 1 to 3. He said, sing, sing you, O barren, for you are going to give birth to more children than the natural mom. And then the next verse comes as an instruction. Enlarge your tent. Stretch your curtain. You will turn around and say, look, I haven't got even one baby yet. You're asking me to buy a house for three babies. I'm not ready. Lord, why don't you show up with one baby first? 
and then I will plan for 10 babies. God doesn't work that way. He wants us to take heed to what God is saying and then walk in faith. And as we walk, it will happen. That's why sing, O barren. There are certain areas in our life we are barren. It keeps coming. It keeps keep happening. And we are wondering why, why I'm not having a breakthrough in this area. Because your capacity to see that breakthrough in that area has not come yet. You need to stretch yourself. Enlarge your heart. Enlarge your faith. Stretch your faith. Don't stop. You've got to stretch. Oh, sometimes when we come into a place of blessing, we tend to relax. And we think, praise the Lord, it's enough. No. In the spirit realm, you may not be as strong for the challenges that are ahead of you. Sometimes blessings can weaken us. And so, God is building your inner person in those process. Not that he inflicted sickness in you. Or not that he is holding back. It's just that he is molding you through that. In fact, the blessing does not come to save you. Because you won't know how to handle it. I've made some prayers before God. In my prayer, I've asked this. Lord, don't give me too much money that I cannot handle. Don't give me too much fame that I cannot handle because you know my capacity better than probably I do. Sometimes I'm so full of faith, Lord, but you know me better. So take me to that level first before I get that blessing. Build my inner man, Lord. So the type of caliber or church that will rise up in the time of suffering and fulfill God's purposes where there will be a powerful explosion of souls getting saved, expansion of God's kingdom, will only come through a group of people who have broke through the natural barrier, went into the supernatural, and the inner man is so bolded well, and they are so powerful in the inside, that every step they take will turn out to be supernaturally blessed. We need to come to that level. Jesus walked in it, we are his body. And we'll see the breakthrough. Amen. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 60 verse 18. The last verse. The last part of the verse. The last phrase says. But you shall call your walls salvation. Isaiah 60 verse 18. The last part of that verse. You shall call your walls salvation. And your gates as praise. God's kingdom. The gates will be called praise. And if you look at Revelation chapter 21 verse 21, it says the gates are made of solid pearl. Now we need to understand why the gate is called praise and why it is made of pearl. The way they form a pearl. In Indonesia they call it mutiara. In Tamil they call it muttu. Not muttu, muttu. You change the sound a bit, it will have a different meaning. In Indonesia, there's some place where the waters are very deep, and that's where they make pearls. The oysters, the oysters, when, when a granule of sand or something enters in, what it does is it releases a lot of power of energy of itself to cover that granule, and what forms around that granule to protect 
protect the oyster from that granule of sand, that power that comes in, the flesh that comes in, the energy that comes in and covers in becomes a pearl. And so, so Paul, pearl is referred to, uh, the making of pearl is referred to irritation and conflict. And the Bible is, is talking about praise and God's presence in praise. In other words, praisers and the time of suffering becomes a beautiful thing in the eyes of God. In fact, it becomes the entrance for heaven to invade. It's easy for anybody, whether Christian or non-Christian, to say give praise when you get a blessing. But it's not easy. It's spiritual warfare. It's a wonderful incense in the eyes of God when he raised praise in the midst of uncertainty. That's where inside of you, God is building a greater person, a stronger person. Amen? When we are stuck in conflict and uncertainty and we continue to praise God and declare His glory, it is a kind of sacrifice of praise that we offer to God. But it it means we are reacting in a way that produces sometimes something very beautiful in the eyes of God. And in Psalms 82, 87, sorry, in Psalms 87, 87 verse 2, it says, The Lord loves the dwelling, the, the, loves to dwell at the gates more than all the dwelling place of Jacob. Hallelujah. Many people don't have a gate. When there's blessings, their, their face turns orange, smiling, joyful, very natural. Nothing wrong with it. But when the problem comes, the face becomes like a popo or papaya, a bit longish. And to some people, when it gets worse, it becomes from French beans or short beans into long beans. Till the blessing comes, it's difficult to smile. When I was 10 years old in Sunday school, I sang this song. I didn't know the depth of this song. With Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. Smile at the storm. Smile at the storm. With Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. As we go sailing home. And with actions. Sailing, sailing home. Wow. But it was different when the disciples were with Jesus. He was in the stern having a nice nap because he always prayed the night. So also it was a test for them. And then probably, you know, Peter took over. Wow, it's my turn. Jesus is sleeping. And then as they were going, hailing to the other side, a strong storm came. And as usual, Thomas doubted and said, Hey, wake up Jesus. No, he's only a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. Professional fisherman. I know all the ups and downs. So he he turned the boat against the waves and he went like this. Whoa. But the waves become more stronger. And from hallelujah it became ayayo. Because God hit at the boat. And Judah said it's time for it to wake him up. And Jesus said, I'm sorry brothers. I overslept. He didn't say that. 
said, why are you so fearful? The stone did not hit his spirit because his spirit was full of the Holy Ghost. Strong. Full of God's nature. That he can smile at the storm. He can speak to the storm. But for them, the storm has come inside. And therefore, all the stress and everything comes in. It is very natural for us to be stressful. It's very natural for us to to doubt certain things. But we got to change. And that calls for more consistent intimacy with God. Amen? So some people don't have a gate because their face cut yo-yos according to the circumstances. Everything good, smile. Something bad, long face. They can't pray. The longer they pray, the longer the face. Because the way they pray. Oh Lord! Why did this happen? Why did you allow... Well, the moment you start, why? Very difficult to understand God. But you say, God, what should I do? Tell me, tell me. Because all what the devil wants is to accuse God. See? He created the problem, but he says, see, God allowed it. You are praying and God is not answering. God is not sadistic to hold it back. So important to understand God's character in this, during this time. Well, the Lord says, my stripes are healed, but my sickness is not getting healed. I don't know, 20, when I was 20 years old, Pastor Amos prayed over me. He said, I'll give you a right partner. Now, I waited until 30 years old. Nothing came. And now when I become 40, I don't believe in prophets anymore. And I hope he's not invited to our church. <laughs> we not only deny the prophet if he was accurate, we also deny the nature of God. That's what the devil wants to say. God says he will supply all my needs, but I'm still waiting for a job. Why? Is it too hard for him to give? Why is the word why when he is the Alpha and the Omega? He is the Lord of Lords. He is the God of love. Look at the cross. The cross is a clear picture of his nature. If your mom is so loving, he is the source of that love. He's greater. He's more caring. He wants to help. But he's building something inside. He may use sickness, but that doesn't mean that he inflicted sickness. Amen? Uncertainties can, be, can cause people to misunderstand God. To deny the true nature of God. To some people it's even worse. It's God's will. It's God's will for me to lose this job. It's God's will for me to divorce my wife because I didn't realize I married a Jezebel. And it's God's will to marry the new angel <laughs> who we don't know whether he'll turn to what. But maybe you will become the Jezebel. Some people say this is, you know, it's a gift of God. This sickness is a gift of God. How can God contradict his own word? He don't need to use sickness to purify you. He just needs his word to purify you. Amen? We need to break through. We need to go to a new level in the spirit. Too many people are too, more, too much in the natural and a little bit. Some people, I call them submarine Christians. They are always in the natural. Everything is reasoned by the natural. Because education is all natural. 
Everything is natural information. Rema once in a while. God spoke once in a while. You know the submarine, it has what he called the periscope. It goes up to the surface and sees what's going on on the surface and goes down. So when Prophet Amos comes, then the periscope will go up. Receive one prophecy. But it goes back to the natural realm. It came out as a rhema word, but it fell into rocky ground, thorny ground, and rhema became logos, and there's no more power because too much of natural reasoning. But if we position ourselves in the spirit realm where Jesus walking, it was walking in that level of authority and power, anointing through his prayer life, through his intimacy with God, through obedience, through sacrifices, then you have more information from God than the information around you. We will, will not fall. But we need to get there. Ask somebody beside you, are you a submarine Christian? Come to the surface. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some say it is fated. In Tamil, they say, They think it's written in the head. It's not. If you believe in fate, you don't believe in God. You don't believe in His purposes and plans for you. It's not fated. God has planned and purpose for you. And he will guide you. He will give you the victory. Don't see too much of the stars. I'm Sagittarius. Half human, half animal. Because that can also affect your mind. You've got to guard your mind. Guard your spirit. And fill it with what God is saying. And enjoy that little personal relationship with God. And some people. We all prayed. We all fasted. And we even received the prophecy that she will be healed from cancer. But God took her away. It's like blaming God, you know. But they say it in a very nice way. God allowed it to happen. Very nice way of blaming God. And on the funeral day, our pastor, I'm not saying him. <laughs> Rachel was a wonderful lady. When she was stage one cancer, we all prayed. Thank God for your prayers. And we had a prophet who came from Singapore. He said she will be healed. And we believed in the prophecy. And we all fasted, we all prayed. She waited. And the doctor said stage two. Then he said stage three. And the Lord took her away. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. She has been to the Lord, God with the Lord. Oh Lord. And when she reaches heaven, God said, Why are you coming so early? <laughs> well, past, uh, well, the Lord, they, they all uh, were moved by what the medical doctor said. More than what you said. Because why? We are living in a natural realm. And we are not really positioned in the spirit realm to really walk in intimacy with God. And really have that clear clarity of what God is saying. And, and rise above that. that. When, the, when the stages of cancer is going up, our stages of faith level is going down. You can't expect any victory. God help us. Who is God? God is the source of life. He said the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I come to give you life. Sometime I'll kill you. Sometime I'll make you suffer. Sometime I'll hold back the blessing. No, he didn't say that. The devil says that. He wants you to agree with him. Amen? I don't know about childbearing. If Adam and Eve would have said, well... It's God's will for us not to have babies. 
God's will for us. We all will not be born. Then God, Adam and Eve believed to be fruitful. He said be fruitful and multiply. If you are 50 years old, if you're over 50 years old and you have, don't have a baby, I welcome you. Come and join. Let's rise higher and higher and higher to the level where your womb gets healed. And also the man gets healed. Amen? I told my wife, as long as you are younger than Sarah, we can have babies. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? Because he said, be fruitful and multiply. We got to fight the battle. You want to believe in the word or believe in the fact? It's so important. There's one thing that we see in uh, Judges chapter 20, very interesting when I read all this and uh, also got from somebody, it was a blessing. There was, there was, let me tell you this story a little bit. This Levite, whose concubine has left him because he made some mistakes, I think. Anyway, he was going to her to reconcile with her to bring her back. So, as he was coming through uh, Jerusalem, but at the time it was the Jebusites who were controlling that area. It's David who come and conquered that. But along that way is where the Benjamin tribe was in Gibeon. And so it was dark, so he had to stay somewhere. He found a place, a man took them into their house. So he, his servants, his donkeys, and together with his concubine, he went, stayed that night. That night, some bad guys came. And they asked for him, actually. And the host said, how can you do such a thing to a man? You want to take my daughter, she's virgin. That part is uh, something to be disputed. But maybe the culture was like that. So they gave this concubine to that guys. They were adamant. They were not going to live until they get one. And they sexually abused her whole night. She walked back, crawled back to the house, fell at the doorstep, and she actually died. And the husband took her on the donkey, went back, cut her into pieces, sent to all the other tribes and say, such a terrible sin has happened in our nation. We need the leaders to go and purge this sin away from the Benjaminites. So they sent the letter to her, to the, the leader sent. And the Benjaminites, instead of sending the group of people who committed the sin, they were strongly built, ready to fight against Israelites. And so they went to the presence of God. They cried out to God. Oh Lord, such a thing has happened. It looks like they don't want to reconcile. Tell us what we should do. And God said, go. Go and fight them. And they asked even further, prophetically. Maybe Prophet Amos of the Old Testament was there. I don't know. He hasn't appeared yet. But there were priests and they were hearing God. And they said, Put, God said, put Judah first. Again, Judah means praise. You know, Tahela praise is a call, is the a meaning is high, high level praise. And it can be a shout. It can be declaring the praises of God. That's why in Isaiah 54, 1, sing you barren, sing high praise. It's a warfare praise. It's declaring the goodness of God. He said, go, Judah first. They went for war with great faith, with God's instruction. 22,000 people died. 
And then they came back and cried the whole day. The good thing is they came back. <laughs> then they say, we, we don't want Prophet Amos. We're going to look for something else. They went back to God. And they cried the whole day. And they said, Lord, we've, we lost 22,000 people, soldiers. What should we do now? He said, go and fight. This is what happens sometimes when you're called into the ministry. I remember my sister-in-law, she was in Malaysia and she had such great vision for that area and that area was a powerful demonic place. She was very upset after two years of ministry. She said, why God is not answering? I said, Joy, there's a possibility that God is building you first under these circumstances. More than the souls. Well, I targeted this. I went to house to house. I have this ministry. I, why? He said, maybe this is not God's time. I said, this is exactly God's direction. Don't give up. I brought in another eight people from Singapore. We went on chain prayer. And I tell you, strongholds were broken. Went back and went back. Today, three churches have already grown with three pastors there. And now we've got the fourth one with one of our pastors, Daniel Rush. He's pastoring four works in that area that was demon-possessed. Stronghold. God wants to build a greater capacity inside of us. It's God's direction. Sometimes it's business also like that. You've put all your money, you, you know, invested on it and... And then nothing happened. But before that, so much prayer, so much decision was given. And yet it's not working. Don't give up. God is working inside of you, building you. Building a greater capacity for, to carry a greater glory. This church is going to carry a greater glory, but it's not going to be easy. Why? Because God is building His nature inside of us. And we must be willing to be stretched in our faith, in our vision. There can be barrenness in certain areas. But God wants to infiltrate in those areas in this season. Solely because to build you to be stronger for the greater challenges that are ahead of us. They came back. The, the second fight they went, when God said go, they lost 18,000 total, 40,000 War, warriors were killed. The Benjaminites were very strong, mighty men of valor. And what did they say? Enough, you prophets all sect. Enough, your prophecies are not accurate. Close church. We'll go to some babas and seek direction. No. You know, it's, it's not more of the losers. But despite of the losses, they came back to God and they, this time they cried whole day. They fasted all day. They came to the Ark of the Covenant. They stayed in the presence of God. They cried before God. It's like, we have nowhere to go. Our eyes is focused on you. There has been losses. We don't understand. But we know one thing. You are God of love. God of sacrifice.
We see your love with Jesus Christ. We are not going to be shaken by the losses that we have made. But we're going to trust you. Speak, Lord. The third time he said, go and you will overtake them. God gave them strategies. They killed all the mighty men of Belar. And then God said, come on, go into the city, kill them. Every beast, every mother, child, everyone was destroyed except for 400 men who ran up to the mountain and hiked there. Maybe that's also another grace to keep the Benjaminite alive going. But God gave them great victory. But by this time, they had capacity in trusting God, in knowing that God prevails. God is in control. It reminds me of my own son when I was in Andhra Pradesh in 1984. After 10 months, he had this chronic diarrhea. And uh, he was dehydrating. And there was no uh, medical treatment at that time. You just bring the child to the hospital to die. No treatment. I had the return ticket to go home. And even the devil's voice was very loud. God said, I didn't ask you to go. Stay. Trust God. But his voice was bigger. You irresponsible father. You already lost the first son. Now this is a miracle son. Come on be responsible. Take the next flight. Go to Singapore. Emergency department. All the doctors will come. He will be alive. Hallelujah. But sorry. God didn't ask me to go. You are a lunatic. You are a fanatic. Yes. I am fanatic for Jesus. For my wife's. She was desperate. She was broken. But she was willing to stand with me. And during that time, there was a call for me to go to Bidr. And I told my wife, they're calling me for ministry. And this guy was all dried up. His eyes is going up. He was very critical. And my wife said, we came here to serve God. So go. But keep faith in God. Keep praising. Keep believing God. I said, okay, I went with a heavy heart. When I reached there, there was this small meeting, you know, outside small tent, about 70, 80 people. I was preaching my heart out. It's like, you know, I was so burning in the inside. And then some gundas behind, they came, some leaders, 20 fellows, and they went to the sound man and told him, these guys are centered, those guys were behind. Off the sound. I was telling myself, I left my son dying. I didn't go to Singapore. Came all the way to preach just for you to stop. Some kind of anger came in. I don't know, you call it righteous anger or what anger? Or righteous anger. So I got anger. <laughs> Spiritual anger. I said, you, don't stop the stout man. I'm preaching. Let me finish it. My workers came and said, Pastor, why you did that? They're going to beat us up now. Because they are one group, I don't want to tell now. They are all out to destroy Christian meeting. I said, let's trust God. So when I'm going to pray altar call, an old man came with his daughter, seven-year-old daughter. When I was about to lay hands, he has already brought the group beside me. And he said, if you touch my daughter, I'll break your hands. Oh, it's your daughter now. Old man doesn't know, father-in-law. 
I said in Jesus name lay hands. I don't know where this bravery came from. Must be from heaven. Because one side was beating very hard. Kata, 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 kata. Let's end. Prayed for the girl. And my guy said, that's it, pastor. We will protect you with our body. We'll take the beating first. But the car is a bit further. We have to, like 100 meters, we have to run actually. So we walked. Walked fast. And they were all blocking. And those guys were all ready to, you know, all the weapon and all that. And suddenly the Holy Spirit said, turn around and prophesy over him. I said, I rebuke the devil in Jesus. <laughs> you don't have time and place. You're asking me to prophesy now. I'm in trouble, Lord. <laughs> but you know, you can't say rebuke the devil when you know it is God's voice. God gets us a bit offended with me all the time. Rebuke the devil, rebuke the devil. When God is speaking. Just because he didn't speak in line with what I was asking. So I turned around, pointed at him. You, in two weeks time, my face was like a lion. In two weeks time, you'll become a Christian and you'll be evangelist of this city. You lay hands, see the demons will fly. And he freezed out. And while he's freezed out, I ran into the car and ran away. <laughs> Give a big round of applause to Jesus. Woo! And the story didn't end there, of course. I went back. I had to make a big sacrifice. I said, my, my son was worse. His eyes was already up. And I remember about 3 o'clock in the morning, I told Ra, Rani, my, her home name, I said, Christina, I have all the faith to see Joshua healed, but I don't understand why he's not healed. But I don't want to misunderstand God. God is God of love. I will never deny his love and nature. But I want to do one thing, and I don't know whether you want to do it or not. I'm going to take our son, who is a miracle son, and put it on the table as on the altar. And I say, God, if you take him home, I will never leave where you called me. I will never deny you. My limited mind don't understand the situation but I know you're God of love and nothing can change that I'm going to do that will you do it with me and with tears coming down you know mother's love even Abraham didn't tell Sarah that he's going to sacrifice the son she would have said over my dead body you know but this time we couldn't escape so we did it together and she was willing to do that and when she did that I believe the glory of God came upon us. We were like Apaches running around the fire. But we are saying, praise the Lord. We are just giving this praise would be a supernatural praise. Despite of the circumstances, it was coming and energized with supernatural power. It was actually gaining access into the realm of the spirit. And it was opening the doorway for a miracle to take place. And true enough, next day the skeleton boy was running around, totally healed. Now he's 32 years old. He is, we got a granddaughter now, and we praise God for that. <laughs> and that story did not finish there. 12 years later, I was going back to Hyderabad, and my friend was telling, uh, my worker was telling, 
Pastor, you know, remember Beether 12 years ago? I said, yeah, I vaguely, because I got the gift of forgetting. Uh, yeah, I remember vaguely. <laughs> he said, they have invited us again. So while going there for two days, so I was going there, I was trying to recollect some of that. I wouldn't know what would have happened. I even forgot the prophecy. And so when I landed there, there was big, uh, got, uh, I mean, nice uh, reception. All the dancing and all that and big ma- a garland given and uh, taken in a car. Uh, doctor was uh, uh, coordinating it. Then he brought me to this house and this young lady was prob- uh, giving tea for me. So the doctor said, do you remember this lady? I said, wow, 12 years ago. She must be uh, uh, seven years old or something. And he said, this is the girl that you laid hands and prayed for. I said, that where's the father? <laughs> the father was all along with me with a nice white thing, white weighty and all that. He was smiling all the time with me. I didn't know who he is. He said, ah, it's me, pastor. We hugged each other and I really burst out into tears. He said, pastor, I'm an evangelist here. Two weeks, yes, I got saved. And uh, anywhere devils cannot run away, they'll call me. That evening, they took me to the meeting. And I was looking, uh, there was like a political meeting going on. I said, wow, this is big crowd here. Yeah, some politics going on. And then the car went in. I said, why are you going in? Look at the stage. Welcome, Pastor Amos from Singapore. It was a major crusade. 25,000 people gathered that night. I was literally in tears. I said, Lord, what are you doing? He said, you sowed with tears, now you reap with joy. You know, it was dangerous to do the way what I did. But when the Holy Spirit takes you, he stretches you into building a bigger capacity for God's greater glory to flow through you so that more people can walk into his kingdom. Amen. Give a big round of applause to Jesus. The Israelites got victory on the third day. They had had no sin. There was no sin. At least for Joshua, after he conquered Jericho, when he was going to Ai, he thought this small chicken feet. We just send a few people and finish off the job. Unfortunately, he didn't seek the Lord for strategy, for his instruction. And they had to deal because there was sin in the camp. You got to deal with that Achan. But in this case, no. There was losses involved. In our walk with God, there, there, can, be op- there can be things that happen, there's no answers. But it's not for us to retreat. It's not for us to sight. Go to the other track. But keep focusing on God. Keep seeking His face. Keep pressing on. Keep believing. Keep declaring His glory. No matter what happens, the heavens will open. And heaven will invade and bring victory to His glory. Amen. So God is building a people who can contain a greater glory to fulfill His purposes. Uncertainty causes us to be molded for greater capacity. The victory is when, even in losses, 
in delay. No answers. That you come back to God and praise him. Trust him and declare his glory. Where Romans chapter 8 verse 24 says, Don't all things work together for good to those who love God and for those who are called to his purpose. When all these things happen that may be so negative. But in all of that, not that God inflicted, but God can use and build a bigger capacity, a greater intimacy with God, knowing his plans for our life. We are like a water vapor. We appear, we disappear. But if we are determined to follow his call and purpose, we'll fulfill our destiny on earth and see God's plans fulfilled. Amen. Don't give up. This morning, I went to afternoon. I want to pray for you. Shall we stand in the presence of God? Some of you may be barren in certain area of your life. Maybe there's certain spiritual weakness, certain areas of sin or weakness that you are unable to overcome. It keeps coming back and coming back. And it's like the devil saying, you know, the grace is covering. You cannot overcome this weakness. It's like the thorn in the flesh. It'll continue to be there. But don't worry, God has already forgiven. But keep doing the sin because you can't overcome. No! With the power of the Holy Spirit, with the word of God, with obedience to God, We can overcome. You may have a sickness that's constantly coming back. Many people prayed for you. God wants to touch that area. Maybe in the area of your call, you're withdrawn or you sidetrack or you're afraid. You're thinking of all the other circumstances concerning you, your family, your needs. But if God has called you for a specific purpose and if it is for full-time service, if he has called, he will provide. He will stretch a little bit to build your faith. But he will provide. Don't give up. Don't delay. God's call. Maybe a job. Everybody is called. Everybody is a minister. Everybody is a royal priest. And are we aligned in God's perfect will? APC. Not ABC. All people's church. Yours is a high calling. You are an apostolic prophetic church that is committed to God to impact people, transform nations. There's so many talents in this house. Educationally, skill-wise, in many ways. Some of you have even got a degree in your theology. It doesn't mean that you, full, you serve God means you must be full-time. It must be full heart. Maybe God is raising you as a minister in the marketplace. Wherever you work, you are a minister of God. You are called to be a light and a salt. Let's enter this year ready to stretch. Ready to enlarge. Strengthen our hearts. And begin to sing praises to God. And believe God in these areas that you are struggling. I want you to take your right hand and place on your chest. And bring that area that you need to see 100% breakthrough. And let's pray together. And on the other hand, I also want to encourage you that you continue to declare the glory of God. And His goodness. Because He is a good God. He is the source of love. Source of wisdom. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we come as your church, as your people, as your bride before you, Lord. And we really appreciate all people's church, pastor, pastor's wife, leaders, and everyone for their great sacrifice and commitment. And we want to pray specifically for every person here, whether it's for ministry or marriage or healing or certain area of weakness, or need to really go to a new level in the spirit. Father, you have seen the hands. You have seen their heart, Lord. And we want to join hearts together, Lord, that we believe we have resurrection day. We have the third day. If we continue to cling on to you, and fix our eyes on you, and love you, and worship you, and keep declaring your glory, we will come out of confusions and our mind and our heart will be clear with what you have said to us. And I pray right now in agreement with every person in the thing that they are praying for, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We release your power right now in Jesus' name. We break that stronghold, that hindrance, that wall that constantly stands against us and the devil speaks, denying the true nature of God. Father, we declare your glory, your love, your wisdom, your sacrifice for mankind, your great idea to create man in your own likeness. We give you the glory and praises and we pray that in this journey that they are turking, that they will experience the third day. They will experience a miracle. And that barren area, whichever area that is, there will be such a miracle that is beyond the natural. We release your power. We release your blessing. We release your miracle in Jesus' name. And everybody say it together. Give a big round of applause to Jesus. Thank you very much. Please be seated. God bless you. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.